Continuing a bit with Jill's instructions for mindfulness of thinking, it might be useful to realize that most of the time that we're thinking about something, we're thinking about something. We're living in a world of aboutness. And we can think about something and get lost in that world of aboutness. Some people disappear down the rabbit hole of their thoughts, their proliferation, their preoccupations. They have very little contact with ordinary reality. I've I've been I've gone driving down the road happily thinking about something not realizing I missed my exit I wasn't even in touch enough of driving to you know because of this world of aboutness that can be so fascinating or so preoccupying and if we live in a world of aboutness, we're living in a kind of a virtual reality of sorts. The thoughts, the images we have about things, the fantasies, the judgments, ideas of the future, memories of the past. And it certainly there's a role for this in our lives. But for mindfulness practice, it's a different path we're taking. We're taking the path of beingness, of seeingness, the world that you can touch and feel and sense, see directly. And we're not even thinking about what we see and touch and feel. But we are doing something much simpler we're recognizing it. The sound of the wind is not really thinking about it, it's just recognizing it. And then I can sit here and I wonder how fast that speed is. I wonder if I could set up a measuring stick, a flag. Maybe someone has a stopwatch and I bet I can figure out within maybe five miles an hour what that speed of that wind is. And, and I bore you very quickly. But I don't necessarily bore myself. <laughs> <laughs> I get pulled into this world of aboutness. So a few things. What pulls you into that world? Don't think about that, but rather feel into that, see into that. What is that magnetic pull, gravitational force? What is the glue between you and your thinking? It's one thing to have a thought. It's another thing to be locked into it. It's another one thing to have a thought, 
let go of it, but you're right back in there the next moment. There's like almost like there's a bungee cord attached to you and the thought. And you let go of it, but it only goes so far before it comes back. What does that feel like, that glue? What is that level of energy, the power? What is the desire and aversion operating? Not something to think about, but to recognize. Oh, there's a strong pull. I'm thinking about things again. And it's very liberating to some degree to keep it so simple at the recognition level. This is how it is. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. You have permission to keep it that simple. You have permission in this practice not to think about it until you figure it out. You have permission to do something very different with your thinkings about the future. It's to recognize that those thoughts are happening now. Now, there's thoughts about the future. To have that simple recognition is the beginning of stepping away from the gravitational pull into those thoughts. You're stepping the other way. Oh, look at this. Like a step away from it to see it. If you're lost in memories, at some point, just recognize in the present moment, I'm thinking about the past. And that innocent and simple recognition is a reference point for seeing if you can keep it that simple. Or is that strong pull into that still there? And probably it is. So what do you do? You recognize the pull. Do you start thinking about the pull and what you should do about it? You could. But that's what's radical about this. Maybe you don't need to. Just recognize it. Just recognize the next thing. The next thing. There's always a next thing. Just be happy for the next thing. To recognize. Whatever it might be. So it's kind of like by not being caught in the world of aboutness, you start having a fresh attention to what is actually here, what's actually occurring in the moment. And maybe it helps you a little bit, this idea of world of aboutness, to appreciate how much that disconnects you from reality, This even disconnects you from yourself, unless you think you are the one who's doing the thinking about something. If you are the one who's doing the thinking, then it's like, why give it up? 
But you, you are not your thoughts. You are not your thinking. There's a better game in town. There's a more intimate game in town. There's a more refreshing way of being, which is not about anything. It's just now. This is arising. This is arising. And letting this rising in the moment just show itself. And you, present for it. And you have permission not to think about it. It's kind of radical. So, assuming a meditation posture, Spend a couple of minutes settling in, in whatever way is nice for you. And then I'll offer you a little bit of guidance. So then as you're sitting here, free of any ideas you have about your body, how does your body experience itself? From the inside out, how do you experience your body?
may be as you exhale your ways of relaxing the body softening And if you don't use thoughts to answer the question, how does your body experience breathing? Without thinking about breathing, can you experience the coming and going of your inhales? the beginning and end of exhale. And maybe without thinking about breathing, <coughs> It's easier for you to leave your breathing alone. Whatever way you're breathing. It's okay. No need to think about it. It's enough just to feel it to know it.
And then as you're with your breathing, at the end of the exhale, let there be a momentary pause before you breathe in. A pause that's just long enough that you feel the urge to breathe in. And then allow the inhale. A slight pause before you breathe in might make the inhale more important, more significant. So you can better appreciate the occurrence of breathing in. the end of the exhale to pause long enough that your thoughts become quiet and you can feel the urge to breathe in and gently then to allow it and to feel and sense the inhale Just before you exhale, pause for a moment, long enough for the mind to become quiet and for you to feel the urge to exhale and then allow it.
if you're not thinking about something, there is more room in awareness to, exp to experience the fullness of breathing. Let go of your thoughts and let breathing fill that space in the mind.
If you are pulled into the world of thinking, see if you can notice what that pull is like, the pressure, the energy of that wants to think. The urge to think. Is some part of your body activated with pressure, agitation, with desire, Does the pull to think come with any emotion? And if you can feel that pull or push to think, might you be able to release that pull, release the urge? Just as you let go as you gave in to the urge to exhale. Can you, as you exhale, let go of the urge to think? Let it evaporate.
As we continue meditating, you might consider that any problems you're thinking about, for right now, they only exist in that virtual world of aboutness, here and now. Maybe it's a problem-free zone. Maybe your problems get manufactured in thinking about things. And without thinking about things, you're allowed a respite from having problems. Everything is just what it is. The simplicity of the moment, not about anything else, just this.
like to think of retreats as mistake-free places. That mistakes don't exist on retreats. There are certainly things we don't want to see them happen. We might even try to prevent them. But if it happens, we don't see it as a mistake. To do so is to go back into the world of aboutness, to make conclusions and ideas and values and predictions and all kinds of extra things on top of it. To not see anything as a mistake, to not see it as a mistake, it just one more thing occurring. <coughs> One more thing to practice with. One more thing maybe to respond appropriately to. So if at dinner today, I accidentally drop my dinner plate and it shatters on the dining room floor, that's not a mistake. That's not wrong. All it is, an occasion to clean it up. That's all. Why all the other things on top of it? All the aboutness. It turns out a lot of the problems we have in our life don't really exist the way we think they exist. They belong to this world of aboutness that we get caught up in and all the stories and ideas of shoulds and shouldn'ts. So on the retreat, at least, you can kind of begin experimenting with a very different way of living. No problems, no mistakes, nothing wrong. It's just the next thing to practice with, to meet. And if it's a broken, shattered plate, it's to clean it up. If the weather gets cold, it's to put on a jacket. But just, just, just the next thing to meet. So a problem-free zone. I hope that's a big relief. <laughs> Some people live with chronic problems. And then also kind of building on something Jill said today. <clears throat> you might try going around the retreat center at the speed that allows you to notice if you're slipping into the world of aboutness, if you're slipping into that world of thinking. And maybe going a little bit slower than usual so you're tracking it. And you notice, oh, so what speed do you have to go at that you notice when you drift off. And I don't have any idea that that should necessarily be slow. It's for you to decide. Depends how tricky your thoughts are, how they sneak in, take you over, hijack you. But it's fascinating to be at a retreat center and use this opportunity to 
travel about, move about at the speed of mindfulness of getting distracted. As soon as you start getting into that world, can you notice it? Can you notice it? And then maybe return to this world of direct experience where there's no problems. Including there was no problem in getting distracted. So thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.